Oh, hello, I'm Burt Green. This is the Burt Locker. Uh, this week I'm going to be looking, this is the Casuals Guide to UFC uh, 293 coming our way this weekend. Generally, it's more of an MMA show, but I do other bits and pieces as well, so feel free to check out the channel. Um, yeah, it feels like it's been a minute. I'll see, I've been, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been slacking a little bit. Uh, well, not slacking, I've just been out doing things, honestly. Uh, so it's the first time, I'm, I missed an episode this week. First time in in a hot minute that I've, that I've done that, but... I don't think it's been over a week because I did do my casuals guide last week. So I've still kept relatively consistent, but I've just been out doing things. Went to London, went to see Jackson Dean. Uh, fantastic country artist. If you're into country music, or even if you're not, I would say check out Jackson Dean. I think their live stuff is better than their studio stuff. I just feel like they're live at the... If you check out Jackson Dean live at the Ryman, they're brilliant. Anyway, they were in London. Uh, what was it? Tuesday night? Absolutely unbelievable, unbelievably good. Brilliant little gig, little 300 uh, capacity venue, garage in Islington. It was just top class night out. Jackson Dean, top class band. I can't believe that Jackson Dean's only 22. That's crazy. Like he's gonna blow, he's gonna be huge. Like, you know, the sky's the limit for that guy. Natural, so just, just a natural front man, just absolutely brilliant. So yeah, no, I've been having a good time. I hope you have as well. And this is uh, gonna be, Casual Guide to UFC 293, effectively what I like to do here, I'll go through the entire fight card from top to bottom, information on every fighter, every fight. Uh, I'll wrap it up in about 15, 20 minutes, so you haven't got to spend all night trying to get all the information, but it's designed so that you have a bit more information on some of the more obscure names down the card, because you can, you know, you've got a life, you've got, you've got stuff to do. So I'll do that bit for you, it's all good. Anyways, let's get cracking. So we're gonna... So we're going to start off in the welterweight division. You've got Kevin Jousette against Kiefer Crosby. Six foot one plays five foot ten. Now Jousette is not French. He's from New Zealand. I don't know why the UFC website has him as has him as French. They must be stuck in UFC Paris last week or something because he ain't. He's from New Zealand. City kickboxing guy. So anyway, he's tall for the weight class. He's got about fifty percent KO rate. Uh, he, he's city kickboxing. He's going to be pretty good, honestly. Uh, Crosby is six foot. He's not five ten. Come on, UFC stat guys. What are you doing? Doing. Like the UFC stats rule, the stat page was all over the place on their website this week. Poor, poor show. Supposed to be the best organization in the world, guys. Need to get it right. Anyway, uh, he's 10 and 3, he's pretty good. He just knocked out Alex Oliveira in a different organization, so that's no, that's a pretty good win. Um, he's also Irish. I'm gonna take the Irishman here. I feel like if he can knock out Alex Oliveira, he could, you know. You could probably knock out Houset or Juset. Anyway, uh, Shane Young then takes on Gabriel Miranda in uh, the 145-pound featherweight division. Uh, you've got 5'8 playing 5'11 with a one and a half inch reach for Young. Uh, again, uh, Young's a city kickboxing guy. Shock. You're going to see a lot of, sick ki lot of city kickboxing guys on this card. It's, uh, yeah, they're, they're, a good, they're a good team. They're, they've got a lot of good fighters and they're the in thing. So obviously, you're going to see a lot of them when they go to Australia. Um, He's not bad, right? He's not had a great time in the UFC, though. Two out of four. Uh, you can fall behind on the scorecards, honestly. Uh, when he's looking for a big shot, he tends to uh, look for that power shot. Uh, fair amount. Got Gabriel Miranda. He's a submission machine out of Brazil. 15 submissions on his record. He fought in the UFC once against uh, Benoit Saint-Denis and lost that one, obviously, because you know Benoit Saint-Denis is an absolute savage. But uh, for me, I think uh, Miranda... I I'm going to take the submission for Miranda in that one. 
just because I think it's going to be more even. Anyway, you've got Mike Desmond then taking on Charles Ratke, uh, the 170 pounders, welterweights, 5'11 plays 5'9. Uh, Mike, Mike Desmond is the blood diamond guy. He's the one who had loads of hype behind him. Uh, wh why is he even here, right? All he does is lose. That's all he does. Why is he here? He like came in, like people say, oh, the blood diamond's like this, this bad, like he's, he's really good. No, no, he isn't. All he, all he does is lose. Uh, Radke, 7-3, is well-rounded. Radke, by any way that he wants, honestly. I, I like him by submission. Rear naked choke. Blood Diamond is not good, dude. Anyway, that's the uh, early prelims. Let's move on to the prelims. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you kind of, you know, hit the bell notification. We have a good time here. Content's dropping all the time. Uh, MMA-related, comedy-related. Sometimes I do film and TV previews as well. It's a lot of fun. There's good content. Just hit subscribe, and uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Nas Nasrat Haskakprast uh, taking on Landon Landon uh, Quinones, uh, 155 pounders, lightweights. 5'10 plays 5'9. One inch reach for Hack. Uh, now, uh, Hack Parast is lightweight Kelvin Gastelum. That's just what he looks like. Uh, he is pretty good, to be fair. He's well-rounded. He's got good hands. He's tough to beat. Uh, Quinones, 5 of 7 by knockout. He's got good hands if he's a little bit unproven in the UFC. Hack Parast is a very tough debut uh, for, a, for, a, for a fighter. For, he's probably too tough, honestly. I'm going to take Hack Parast by knockout. That one's for me, Clive. Uh, Jamie Malarkey then takes on John McDessie in the 155-pound lightweight division. Six foot plays five for eight, six inch reach for Malarkey. Malarkey is tough. He's a good all-rounder. He's got good hands. He's got a good chin. He's got a patchy record, though, because uh, he just tends to get into wars and sometimes gets on the wrong end of them. John McDessie, I did not realise he's still fighting, honestly. He's been around for quite a long time. He's got a fun style, though. He throws bombs and he either dies on his shield. He wins spectacularly or loses devastatingly. That's what I like about John McDessie. I think Jamie Malarkey should probably get this one though. I think he's just slightly younger, probably just slightly more in the prime of his career. And then you've got Jack Jenkins taking on Chepe Maniscal, 145-pound division. So you've got five foot seven playing five foot seven, one inch reach for Maniscal. Now Jenkins, he's got a sweet stash, he's got a sweet mullet, he's got sweet hands, he's got sweet submissions. I am a fan. I'm a fan of Jenkins, man. I really am. Uh, Maniscal, he's got no mullet. He's got no stash. He's got terrible eyebrows. He's got those things shaved in them. What is that? Boo! I'm going to take a Jenkins by KO in that one. Here you've got Carlos Alberg taking on Da Woon Hung. Uh, Jung. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Anyway, Da Woon Jung? I don't know. South Korean. This is in the light heavyweight division, 205 pounds. Six foot four plays six foot four with a one and a half inch reach for Jung. Olberg is as dangerous as he is handsome and he is dangerous as fuck. Great kickboxing, good wrestling defense. He's probably got a good D in general. Like looking at him, he looks like the kind of guy that would be hanging dong. I'm just saying, that's just the kind of impression I get. He's a real problem at 205 pounds, honestly. Now, Jung is also mainly a kickboxer. He's just not really as good as Olberg, not from what I've seen. He lost to Devin Clark, for God's sake. Olberg should murder this dude. If he doesn't, I'm going to be disappointed. Main card, then. So, uh, also, just before getting to the main card, just a reminder, hit subscribe, hit the bell notification. Dropping content all the time. MMA-related, comedy-related, sports-related. There's going to be a lot of NFL stuff, fantasy NFL loads of stuff really look it's a fun time so hit subscribe hit the bell notification lets you know when the videos drop there you've got tyson pedro taking on anton turkalj don't know how to say it turkalj 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 he's swedish he's from sweden um 205 pound division six foot three plays six foot four with a one inch reach for pedro Mut pedro tyson pedro sorry 
Tyson Pedroite, basically, he was the next big thing at one point. He got injured, now he's back. He's looking really good. He's been back in 2022 with two straight knockouts, and then he lost a close decision last time out to Modestus Bukowskis, who was also making his comeback from a big injury. Coming back from Cage Warriors, he's the Lithuanian-English kickboxer. There was a lot of information there. I might have to rewind that. Anyway, Anton Turkalj, I don't know how to say that. He's called the Pleasure Man, which is fantastic. I love that. That is a nickname and a half. I am the Pleasure Man. I'm here to fix your pipe. No, that's a plumber. I'm, I'm the Swedish plumber. No, no, that doesn't work. He's the Pleasure... No, I'm going to stop. So I'm stopping there. Look, he's got decent kickboxing. He looked good on the Dana White Contender Series, and then they threw him to Jelton Almeida. That's not fair, dude. That isn't fair. Come on, Jelton Almeida's just... He's a monster. Look, I think that even so, I do think that Tyson Pedro is probably slightly better in every area than uh, Turkalsh or Anton. I'm just going to call him Anton. I think Pedro should get this one. I like him by submission. That's that's my pick on that one. Then you've got Justin Taffer taking on Austin Lane in the heavyweight division. Six foot plays six foot six with a six inch reach for Lane. Now, Justin Taffer is not to be confused with Junior Taffer, even though both of them have very similar looking heads. They have similar looking physiques, similar looking tattoos, and they both knocked out Parker Porter. They are not the same guy, though although I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. Both Taffers are very, very similar, is all I'm saying. They're both tough brawlers. They've both got exactly the same fighting style, obviously. They're both brilliant to watch. I'm a big fan of both Junior and Justin Taffer, just to be clear. And then you've got Austin Lane. Austin Lane's a former NFL linebacker, so he, look, he's an elite-level athlete. He's a gigantic man as well. Six foot six. He's got power in both hands. He's got outstanding eye pokes as well. We saw that in the first fight because, actually, this is a rematch because Austin Lane won the first fight by vicious eye poke. I'm kidding. It was a no contest, but it was a great eye poke. If you're going to do an eye poke, do it like Austin Lane did. It didn't look that bad until like, they zoomed in and you saw the blood trickling out of Justin Taffer's eye. It was nasty. Like, all jokes aside, glad that Justin Taffer's eye was okay. That, and I'm glad to see them run this one back. This is a fun fight. This, this has got fun written all over it, honestly. Could be fight of the night. They're just going to go out there and go smash each other. I like Taffer in this one. I do think that in a brawl, he probably takes it. But look, don't count out a former NFL athlete who's six foot six and knows how to throw a punch. You just cannot count that dude out. Fun fight. Earmarking that for fight of the night. It might not be the most technical, but it's going to be fun to watch. So keep an eye out on that one. Manel Cap then takes on Felipe Dos, Andro, Dos Santos Sorry, in the featherweight division. 145 pounds, five foot five plays five foot seven. Now Cap, he got all uppity with Kaikara France at the press conference, and then he got uppity with Adesanya as well, which looked weird because Adesanya is obviously, you know, more or less a light heavyweight at this point. Now, he's got a fun style. He's got, he's got a fun fight style. He's got, he goes a bit up and down. He's got flying knees. He really does go for it on the feet, which I'm a big fan of. Then you've got DeSantos. He's, a, well, I didn't know much about this dude. Like they, I, I believe he's debuting in the UFC. I don't think we've seen him in there before, but either way, he is undefeated. He's out of Brazil. He's got five finishes on his record. Uh, so he's, he's seven and oh, undefeated. He's got most of his submissions. He fights out of shooter box in Brazil, but the Diego Lima, can't, so he, he, I think he trains with Diego Lima. That's um, impressive. I, I smell an upset here. Because I believe that Manel Cap will be the favourite, 
but I smell an upset here. I'm going to go DeSantos by decision, but by submission even in that one. I think it's submission because actually Cap has been caught in submissions previously. Then you've got the co-main event of the evening. Tai Tuivasa taking on Alexander Volkov in the heavyweight division. This is a fantastic fight. Just delicious matchmaking. Delicious. Six foot two plays six foot seven. Five inch reach for Tuivasa. Just kidding. The reach is obviously in favour of the seven-foot Russian. <laughs> I got you there for a second, though, didn't you? For a second, you were like, how would Tyavasa do have that reach? No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's it's The reach is all in Volkov's favour. Look at the dude. Anyway, Tuivasa, he's a throwback of a fighter. He's, he would be a bouncer in a nightclub if he wasn't in the UFC. He might still end up being a bouncer in a nightclub because I think he just enjoys like throwing down you just tell you he delivers some of the best fights you'll ever see he's got very fast hands and his boxing is very technical it's much more technical than you have you believe his timing in and out is actually very very high level and um, he and because he gets into those brawls because he's got a good chin he just delivers some fantastic entertainment he's an entertaining character as well after he wins he downs beers out of people's shoes after spitting them they call it a shoey uh, it seems like an odd thing to but you know hey each to their own and look he's just a fun guy he's the kind of guy similar to volkanovsky i, I think that i he they, he would be fun to have a beer with honestly i think he just seems like it seems like a great guy and he's one of the most entertaining guys on the roster i'm a huge fan of taitu ivasa and every time i see him i always hope he wins because he's just fun he's he either wins spectacularly or loses devastatingly and now let's get into his opponent we've got Alexander Volkov, who is a monster, who gets a little bit overlooked, honestly, which is difficult to do because he's damn near seven feet tall. He's not only seven feet tall, but he's an elite level kickboxer. He's very big. He's so hard to take down because he is just so big, right? He uses body kicks really well. You see what he did to like guys like Overeem. He, he, he picks, when he's on form, he picks people apart and he hits people so goddamn hard and from such range that it's difficult for people to cope with. Now, as much as I want to see Tui Vassa win this fight, I will be cheering for Tui Vassa all the way. I think Volkov might put a hurting on him in this one, honestly. I think that he's gonna probably soften him up with body kicks. Because the problem, the problem with Tuivasa's style is he's got he's got very fast hands. But we've seen the the only guys that tend to give Volkov struggle, we saw, uh, Volkov trouble. We saw um, obviously Tom Aspinall give him trouble. We saw Garn give him trouble. Both of those guys have one thing in common, which is they're very fast on the feet. They've got very very fast footwork. Now. Tuivasa has very fast hands. His hand speed is fantastic. And actually, when he gets in the pocket, he moves in and out very, very well. But it's not like, but he doesn't move far, quickly with his feet. He's not, you know, like a twinkle toes car thick because he, he's quite a thick, heavy guy. I think his hand speed, if he gets inside, could cause problems for Volkov. But it's getting inside. That's going to be the problem. Like Garn and Aspinall were able to use their foot speed to get inside and that's what caused all the problems for Volkov and in order to beat Volkov you have to make him kind of you have to give him something to worry about if you don't he's going to just keep loading up on those teep kicks to the body which he hits from across the other side of the octagon basically and I could see this I could see that happening I could see him just softening up with body kicks like teep kicks and then when he when he can see he's done enough damage 
he'll then start going in with the uh, with the big long jab and the straights over the top. And I I think he he might well put Tuivasa away. But I hope the opposite happens. Honestly, it's not that I'm not a fan of Volkov. I just I'm such a huge fan of Tuivasa. I would love to see him win. I just I just think Volkov's going to be too difficult stylistic stylistically for him to take out but i really hope i'm wrong and i'm wrong often enough to still live in hope that tui vassar is going to knock him out but then you've got the main event of the evening israel adesanya taking on sean strickland obviously israel adesanya fighting out of new zealand nigeria china and to be confirmed uh sean strickland fighting out of the good old us of a usa USA, USA, Sean Strickland is, what a great character. The press conferences alone have been absolutely brilliant just to behold. Anyway, so the numbers, you've got six foot four playing six foot one with a four inch reach for Adesanya. Israel Adesanya, if you don't know him, he's the longtime middleweight champ on his second title run. He avenged his loss to Pereira with an insane knockout. His kickboxing is slick. He knows how to win. He doesn't always win spectacularly, but like when he gets the opportunity, he cleans people's clocks. But he's not a risk taker. He doesn't usually take massive risks apart from when they're put on him. Like Pereira put the risk, took the risk to him. But then you've got guys like Cannoneer. He's not t taking risks against Cannoneer. He doesn't have to. He can piece him up from the outside and win a decision. And that's what happens sometimes, right? Once he gets your timing, he, he might well kill you. He's very, very, very good. Sean Strickland has jumped the queue because Adesanya tried to force Dreykus Duplessis to uh, turn around his 60 days to, to fight him, which uh, Duplessis did the right thing, not for nothing, because he earned his top spot. Like... Nobody thought he would beat Robert Whittaker. I did. I put a bet on that. I won some money on that because I, I could see... Because Duplacy's, he's bigger, he's big and he's physical enough and he's got a style that's kind of difficult for people to read. And I, and I do think he presents problems for Israel Adesanya. And I do think they perhaps tried to get him to rush his camp to turn around quickly enough so that they could have an advantage. But that's neither here nor there. Duplacy's has earned that number one contender spot because he's fought his whole way up and he took out Robert Whittaker which very few people managed to do. Sean Strickland of course he's taken this fight because it's it there's no risk to him. He hasn't earned the number one contender spot. He's just lucked into it. So he's got nothing to lose. He's walking in with nothing to lose and that is very very dangerous. For Adesanya, he's fighting a guy who is who who, who everyone knows really giving him a chance, right? And that's I don't I don't think that that's the wisest move honestly because look Strickland, he fights every day. Every day he spars. He's a sparring monster. He just loves staying in boxing range, talking shit and fighting. That's what he does. He fights every day. His timing in boxing range is almost second to... It's so good. His timing in boxing range is so slick. He's just inches out, inches out. And he's just... And his timing to throw to throw back. He doesn't have like one punch knockout power, but he, he does have power. You're, you're a fool if you don't, if you think he doesn't. He'll start, he, he doesn't, but by that same token, he doesn't overload with shots. He can, he could do 20 rounds if he wanted to. And that's how he gets people. He, he'll clip you a few times and then all of a sudden you're dizzy. Then he goes in and then he'll put you away with a TKO. And his, his timing in boxing range is absolutely phenomenal. He uses like a Philly shell, like a boxing guard, which is very unusual for MMA, but he makes it work, honestly. 
For me, prediction-wise here, I, I see an upset. I think that all it takes is for Adesanya to slightly overlook Sean Strickland, which is very possible because he does seem to think that Strickland is the clown, but he would be a fool to overlook him because he's dangerous, especially in boxing range. In boxing range, Strickland can easily win this fight. In kicking range, not so much. If Adesanya keeps this in kicking range, I feel like it could be a tough night at the office for for uh, Strickland, but my, my pick is going to be Sean Strickland. That's what I'm going to put my pick to. That's what I'm putting my name on. And that's it. That's the card in just under 20 minutes. And you've got all the information you need. So don't forget to hit subscribe. I'll be doing some terrible bets on Saturday because I like to put some terrible accumulators on just for a laugh. And then we'll recap all these fights next week. Until next time, keep those odds long and those bets terrible.